I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome everybody. This is Team Rabbit Edition 282 with Ancient Historia. It is Luke, researcher, YouTube, Brit, Virgo. Join the team as we get to know Luke, a humorous DIY digital historian examining language, images and maps, trying to piece together our potentially lost past. Wisdom and effort indeed. Cheers and welcome. Well met, Luke so great to what be here dude. man so awesome. that wisdom and effort was apparently manchester united's fucking slogan for soccer or football oh yeah think. i mean i'm yeah i'm a united fan so right, we, well, we just won the you, uh, bro. we just won the cup the other day in fact on sunday just won one of the cups so we're coming back because we've had a tough few years but now we're back word so, right i froze yeah i'm back hey, hey ho. <laughs> i love my computer hey you've got computer issues i've got computer issues first world fucking problems so something we do here on the podcast is uh i correspond the number and numerologically reduce it at least for now i'll probably change that maybe at the 300th or something as per Raphael's request but um <laughs> 282 reduces down to three ultimately two plus two is four plus eight is 12 one plus two is three Three is the Empress card. I fully embrace life. Uh, I fully embrace life's rich fecundity. The Empress. Everything is possible. Allowing abundance into your life. Tapping into the creative flow of the universe. Starting something nurturing. Raphael, what do you got? You're going to have to tell us. <laughs> yes, we have the Four of Pentacles. From here, it looks like something with giant tits, but that might just be the it's just you the distance but, i am but you know every face <laughs> but i hear you everything <laughs> is freudian at some level so we have the aspects sun and capricorn resources ownership assets elevating to that which one has gift legacy inheritance pleasure gaiety enjoyment so here we are <laughs> I love the stifled laugh. So between the Emperor's <laughs> card and the Four of Pentacles, which is kind of just about you know getting the work done and having a good time, um, is there anything that resonates or syncs up for you? If not, that's cool. Just wondering. I mean, I was, uh, I, I'll be honest, I just heard words. I didn't really have time to actually gauge whether it was actually resonating with you. Well, but you yeah. can only fucking fly if you use the pixie dust, bro. It's like, well, it's like that. Yeah. You got to engage it proper. But you are an interesting cat. I saw you, I guess, when I decided to get out of my uh, uh, existential funk from um, a huge breakup. We did a podcast with Andreas and then Raphael dragged you on and I'd never even met you. And then Andreas is like, hey, everyone subscribe. And I subscribed to your shit and I checked out some of your stuff. Cheers. So here we are. Andreas is a funny monkey um, because he's a great soul, but he and Raphael have been trying to get me to like totally red pill the Tartaria thing and mud floods and all that for a hot minute. 
and my head just kind of like you with the tarot. <laughs> I was just like, my head's not on this right now. Um, yeah, but yeah. your first video, although I, I want to talk about it at some point, not necessarily right now, um, first video on the King Arthur stuff, I was like, oh, this is more compelling than I thought, but there's a lot of ins and outs as the big Lebowski would say. So that's how I became aware of you. Uh, Raphael, were, you were the one who lumped him into the show that one day. How do you know him? Basically, you know, strangely enough, YouTube recommendation algorithm seems to be no working way. on some level at least. And I was just like, oh, it looks interesting. Let's check it out. Short video. This was one of your first, the first one which blew up, I guess. And I was like, oh, I was just hoping for someone who would create like shorter videos that really summarize everything. Mm. That's so I was really happy. Attention span issues. Exactly. Like, oh, 15 seconds or more. And also oh, actually brother. going over, in a sense, very generic thing, like the stolen history post, but it's super relevant, obviously. And it's much different if one has to read it or you get it explained to you in 20 minutes. It was like, great, just what I was looking for. And then it was, then I think I saw you already on a show with uh, Bernai, a crypto alchemist, I think. Yeah, possibly. Um, and uh, then I was like, okay, sure, of course, you got to come on to Exertus. And I was <laughs> even more surprised you hadn't met or whatever. But, you know, this is how it happens. So now we're very happy to have you here. And I put all my faith in you that maybe you can reveal, you know, Tartaria to Jim. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> we'll we'll dip, dip into the pools. I mean, I, like I said, the King Arthur thing was very compelling. I was like, oh, shit, there's like a cave with a stalagmites or whatever covering script like this seems pretty fucking legit or whatever you know i was like i don't know i don't know english i've never been to one even though my family's from somerset um some of them at least uh i've never been there so i haven't really looked on that rabbit hole particularly but we'll get into all the juicy tidbits i am curious and you can be as lengthy or as short-winded as you'd prefer um who art thou um we know you're in northern england and i was looking at your chart you're a virgo sun and moon which is pretty rad um so you're not fucking around i mean first house sun chiron oof um but your moon see this stuff is greek to you probably but uh yeah virgo sun and moon um in any event super intellectual i mean and fun it's first house so you're, you're going to be kind of fucking around at a uh, playful kind of independent level <laughs> yeah that one's got me yeah, yeah, no, and I, I did that earlier. Like, no, for real, man. Leo Rising, we have the same degree. Raphael is also Leo Rising. Uh, we don't have to geek out on astrology, but it's like, oh, yes, we know how to have a good time. So, um, yeah, without further ado, just kind of walk us through who you are, and we can geek out on your childhood, or we can rip through it pretty quick, however much you want to talk, or um, as well, as you want to talk about that. Like, uh, I'm not really someone that... Well, this is uh, probably a statement that's not got much truth to it, but I'm not someone that likes to talk about myself necessarily. If you get me talking, then yeah, right. But right. So um, a couple of shots, I'll do it. So uh, yeah, let, me, let me frame it a little uh, better than just like broadsiding you with that. It's like, how did you get into alternative history stuff? Because that's not, I mean, okay, you know, so we could that, grow up on Indiana well, Jones or like, what the fuck? Um, well, I, well, you say that. Um, when I think about it, I did actually always have a love for kind of ancient Egypt and uh, mysteries. The mummy, for example. You know, I used to dream about going through the caves of, uh, of a pyramid and f knocking through walls and finding gold and all that stuff. I, just something about it always resonated with me. But when I first got into alternate history, um, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint the exact thing, but it was around when I was about 14, 15. And I, I must have started, you know, investigating kind of 9-11 and all the, uh, the usual stuff. And I remember I came across uh, a guy called David Irving, actually, very close to David Irving Jr. But David Irving, who was a historian 
that wrote a very famous book that ended up being a uh, you know world number one at the time. It was about the bombing of Dresden, and he was the the person who exposed that to the world. the The bombing of Dresden, if you don't know, is the Allied bombing of the city of Dresden in Germany, which uh, over the course of a night killed hundreds of thousands of people with fire bombing. The, <clears throat> yeah, the the entire city was destroyed, and it wasn't a military target. It was you know, primarily a civilian target. It had military aspects to it. Obviously, it had warehouses and stuff that were, were constructing stuff, but it, it's, it wasn't, you know, a legitimate target in the way that you think. And they exterminated the people. And this guy, David Irving, he'd been uh, working in a steel steelworks over in Germany, and the people had told him about this bombings of Dresden, and he'd been like, well, I've never heard about this. And that put him on the path to writing his book and becoming an historian called The Bombing of Dresden, which made him a really famous historian. So everybody wanted this guy to write a book about Hitler because they, the way that he did his investigations, because he could speak German, having worked in Germany and stuff, and uh, he was kind of trusted by the people he spoke to because they could tell he wasn't just uh, a mainstream dickhead basically you know and they so they realize okay we can actually talk to this guy and he talks to us in our own language so he got quite far with stuff like that and one of the ways he worked is he goes back to the archives you know he ignored all the uh what he called was the plus x theory of writing history books which is basically if there's 10 books on a subject and i want to write the 11th then my book is just entirely quoting the other 10 you know, right, 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 yeah. so yeah, yeah, getting so, on the shoulders of giants, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, literally, yeah. Number one says this, number two says this, number three says this, and I just write that, and then boom, I've written a book, and it's right. the plus plus X theory. And uh, he, one of the funny things he used to say is, if you copy one book, it's plagiarism. If you copy two, it's research. You know, and if you, you, know, if you go, yeah, if you copy ten, whoa, you are really researching. If you got footnotes. And, you're yeah, in. well, well, exactly, and. That's that's kind of the process of history was that somebody would go and they just quote the person before and go well they said this, and the uh, his his publisher and everyone was asking him to do a book on Hitler, so he did. He went back to the sources. He found uh, people that wouldn't have spoken to normal Western historians, and he he put together this entire book. And when it came to uh, publishing it, his publisher turned around and was like, "You've completely left out the Holocaust." Like, and he was like, yeah, well, yeah, he was like, well, the thing is, is there's no records from Hitler's point of view about knowing about the Holocaust, like from his point of view, like it just, there's no mention of it. He was and, just too high on meth and all that. Well, well, yeah. But, stuff, so probably. the guy was like, you know, the publisher was like, well, what do you mean? Just, just make it up then. And he was like, well, I'm not going to make it up. Like it, there's nothing from Hitler's side about, about the Holocaust. So I can't put it in. And at that point, they were like, David, your career will be on the end. If you, if you don't fake this, you, your career's over. And he was like, well, I'm doing it. And it did. You know, this guy went from mainstream number one to Holocaust denier. Bastard. Yeah. yeah Holocaust yeah. denier. Oh, don't, yeah. yeah, don't, don't watch his shit. He's a fucking nutcase. He'll lie to you and he hates the Jews, all that. And that was the thing that got me because, like, I really liked history. And I just remembered sitting there thinking, like, mm, that's not right. But obviously at that age, telling people that don't make you any friends, um, you know, especially when you're still in high school. And, they, you know, and it led me down a bit of a a rabbit hole where I started getting into, you know, the real, the truth of kind of 9-11 and kind of, I went down the Judy Wood. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, like the Judy Wood 9-11 stuff, which is, it's all crazy kind of energy weapon shit. Oh yeah, and, I've heard of that. 
yeah, and it, it got, yeah, yeah. it got it got to a point where I think I was getting so much backlash from friends and family that I just turned away from it. But before before I did, there was one event that really was creepy, which was um, I was coming back from a friend's house. My mum had picked me up there with my sister in the car, and we were going down these country roads. And I looked up, and above us was what looked like a plane but it was like just lights at the front and then on each wing in kind of a triangle shape and i was like what the fuck is that and uh you know mom and sister kind of looked up when it's plane isn't it and i was like well it's just stationary <laughs> like it was just right above us it wasn't moving and obviously we're driving so i could only just get like a view an angle of it because it was right above us and i was so freaked out it looked like i didn't know really and after that i started looking up um this black triangle shaped ufo that's what i got directed to which is something that had been being seen all over the uk for many years this black you know the standard looks like the u2 bomber kind of you know sure sure typical thing but i just remember this thing if if it was moving it was moving slowly but you know a plane at the height it was should have been and it was making no noise it should have really you know and there's no paths around there but it was one of those events where i just thought okay weird but in researching it it led me to a website called Rich Planet, and on that website was these uh, these historians called Alan Wilson and Baron Blackett, which are the guys mm-hmm. that talk about the uh, the King Arthur stuff. And again, this is when I was only you know fifteen, sixteen, and and that led me there. I went down that rabbit hole, and then at some point, I just kind of disconnected completely from from the entire kind of movement and started living a bit normally, if that's the word. Oh, I hear you. You gotta submerge and then resurface for oxygen occasionally. I got you. I mean, you yeah, can't yeah, just well, hop yeah. conspiracies all day, or else you'll fucking go batshit. Literally, but well, <laughs> yeah. it, I don't think it was really. I don't think it was that as much. It was more. Um, I'd gone to Plus college, you were a kid, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd just gone to college, and I was getting really into just kind of like being a normal kid. Like you know, before that, I'd never really had uh like many friends but in college it was different like you know loads of mates and like i was going out drinking all the time so i started to live like a normal life and it was i guess it just disappeared into the background until only last year when it all i thousand percent hear you i asked for projected when i was 15 and then i was like fuck this i'm just gonna go smoke weed so i I want to know the whole story and process just before you're going on and i don't miss so just as an example UFOs in government, these are only government document files from Sweden, UK, US, all kinds of generals and who knows what, yeah? And this is mostly data from like 40s to 60s. And already they had this kind of stack of strange phenomenon. At least the military wasn't really able or willing to explain as ghost rockets or whatever else. So just as a reference. That's a pretty thick book. Yeah, well, Uh, it was was pretty freaky. Um, I will give it that. And when when I think back on it, um well it's hard to say actually because you don't know whether shit that you're thinking is just imaginary but there's this stuff that's always been weird in my life and i get memories of things when i was younger that weren't normal but i can't tell you what if you know what i mean can't quite put your finger on it see you are a virgo sun and moon so you're going to be more uh, air on the side of caution generally probably i'm looking at your chart really quick okay your saturn's in pisces so you can't really uh, actually saturn just entered pisces collectively so you're gonna have an interesting time um and in a weird way if you put in the work your dream will come true right now so keep putting in the work um and your mars and cancer gang gang i got that and uh you got that in 11th house we don't have to geek out about this mar uh, jupiter and scorpio but of course uh in third house you're gonna see a lot of weird shit 
um, but then you're yeah, not going to yeah. trust what it was in a weird way. So it's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, was that, this my yeah, yeah that is glitching, definitely or, you know, me. What's happening? That's, yeah, hundred percent. So never, uh, I guess my don't be your own party pooper, but you know, obviously, don't just guzzle Kool Aid because it's hip. Speaking you know of what? At the same time, okay. though, I, was, I would say that um, my questioning gave me a strength that when you stop questioning doesn't. Like if you think like you know this is just my brain, you can go further. Whereas if you're like, oh fuck, this is demons. Yeah. You, you oh no, away. okay, that's a whole different trip. What no, you no, but do you understand? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but like having that kind of like, fuck this, this ain't real. That that could push you further into the cave than you would have gone if you'd understood the dangers. And I think there is there is a quality to that that I miss because now I'm like. Whereas six months ago, I would have been like, I'm the captain of DMT. I've got a hat with DMT <laughs> on it and I'm going in right now. <laughs> Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas right, whereas right now I'm like, Shh, it will hear you. Uh, oh, no, the, the walls are haunted. Yeah, uh, no, that just... was, that's not fun. The first time I blasted off, I was like afterwards, I was just like, I guess like it felt like not haunted, but kind of like that. Where I'm just like, I guess that's just behind reality. What do I do with this? I mean, let's put it this way. Your son or your uh, son and moon are in Virgo. Terrence McKenna was a Virgo moon. I don't know if you're into Terrence McKenna. Uh, he was a Virgo moon with a Scorpio sun. You got to check him out because your Jupiter's in third house Scorpio. So is his son. He's all about DMT elves and fucking mushroom stoned up ape theories. Terrence McKenna is one of the great minds of all time. If you're not into him, I'll send you some links and you can geek out on that. And that's totally a whole new ball game. Um, he's dead though. So can't get him oh, on the podcast. Sucks. So we had Rupert Sheldrake on who is his buddy. So that was fun. In any event, um, what I was tr- trying to segue earlier with was like, oh, drinking Kool-Aid, blah, blah, blah. What was your high school kind of like? I mean, you guys do it a little differently. Did you feel like Harry Potter lo- like launched up into Hogwarts? Like, how did you feel? I mean, you, you said you weren't like socially acclimated and it was kind of like a, a popping of the cherry or whatever. So were you binge drinking or like, you know, how did your how did your high school formative years go? Well, for us, <laughs> high school ends at 16. So then you get to college. Right. So, yeah. You guys have to, like, um, the, that system. Yeah, to be honest, I've never, like when I was younger, I just never fit in. Like, um, I don't know, I've just always been a weird kid. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Just I could look at your chart and try. Like, I mean, like I was saying, Jupiter and Scorpio, you're you're a recluse. I mean, you're a recluse, dude. Let's put it that way. Like, you're the hermit. You are the hermit. So it's like you're like, I don't want to go to the party. I want to fucking sit in my cave and read. That's not too Yeah, but the, well, the thing is, though, is, like, I'm like that, but I'm also not. Like, I have a side of me that wants to be on center stage and have everyone... Leo Rising. Leo Rising. Well, that's the thing, but, um, like, I have something about me which is almost, like, I hate to say it, like a, uh, an innate feeling of supremacy, you know? Almost like... It's Leo Rising! We think we're the shit. Yeah, oh, we know well, we're the shit, and then we just have to, like, walk the path or whatever. Yeah, but it's, you know, it goes even deeper than that. It's like, I've always, like, I've always just felt like I was like, waiting for you something. You are Arthur. You are King Arthur. No, no, no. no. Like, we're Bigger all just that. at your round table. <laughs> but, well, it's, that's the thing. It's like, I've always just, like, had this weird thing about it, and um... I, I don't know how to explain it. When it got into DMT, I started to understand it a little bit, but um, it also confused me even more because the the shit I've seen is like I don't know, it's ineffable. Yeah, we could try, but I mean, Jesus Christ! 
All right, yeah. so we'll kind of weave around the high school thing, you, college thing. You, when you got into college, I mean, were you still doing the fuck all the weird stuff, I want to be normal thing, or were you starting um, to get back into the Well, know, the thing is, the is like, even, well, I was still, like, I was always a bit weird. Like, even in English classes and stuff, I do talks about, like, how black holes work on the other side of the universe. So um, I've always been into that, and I've, that's what I mean by, like, I think I've, it's like I've had a deeper person inside me who i was just like shut up let me have fun for a bit you know right right i hear you and and yeah and like you say I you just got the inner rafiki and, like, wanting to like have the wisdom drop and then you got the yeah yeah and I, and, yeah and like, and i just, just want to fucking i'm yeah, out of this shit like yeah. i just locked away whoever it was or whatever it was i locked it deep away and this is the thing is uh like as i've done dmt i've realized that stuff that i've experienced on dmt like almost i used to do as a kid just in my imagination. I remember when I was very young being in these worlds in your day, you know, in your daydreams. The and, imaginal realm. Well, because they, well, they say it, don't they? As you get further from God, you're, you know, when you first come out of the womb, you were just in that realm. Right? Hot off the press. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, and then, and, and yeah, you this? pop, yeah, you pop back in so easily in your dreams, definitely, but also in your day to day life, you just pop back in and out of that spirit realm. Whereas, the further you get, the further you get older. And that's why Jesus, uh, well, not Jesus, but that's why the Bible says, you know, to get into the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be a kid. You've got to be a kid because yeah. he's talking about your pineal gland, I think, or talking talk, talking about that opening of uh, of your mind. Because they say when you, you know, when you open your pineal gland, you'll see in color. Mm. And that, I think, is the first step of uh, creating your light body, which is another thing they talk about. It's... I think people have been tricked um, into thinking Tricks prayer is well, <laughs> but into thinking prayer is enough. Just like, please save me, God, right? But what happens with that, in my personal opinion at the moment, is that people just go straight into like the reincarnation chamber. Okay. Because because they've right, you've right. You're just shouting at the sky. You didn't do the walk. Well, you didn't walk the path. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like imagine if at the end of the end of the school year. You've got a big physical test, right? And whoever lifts X amount gets into the program. Let's say it's, you know, it's some kind of program like that, football program or whatever. And you've got to lift X amount. So let's say that, you know, you've got one set group of people that are actually training all year to get into that thing. And then on the day, they lift. And then you've got another group of people that just sit there going, please, God, please, can I get in? And then when it comes to lift it, they're like, fucking, what the fuck? And, and drop it and don't get anywhere. And they go straight to back to the beginning of the course. But they get their minds wiped when they go back to being in the course and they just keep living the same cycle over and over because they don't realize that the meditation and the mind work, the self-work has been taken out of the Bible. The bit where Jesus walks people through the fucking desert eating mushrooms going, oh, you got to do this, <laughs> you know? And even just by that simple story, most people should be going on a 40-day wander through the desert on hallucinogenics, you know, because... The point is, I think, is that you've got to do certain things. And, and my experience of that is that when I started taking DMT, just, like, I had no idea what I was doing. There was no one to tell me. And in fact, I got guided to it in a way I can't describe. Like uh, my dad had passed away and I was seeing weird shit in the clouds and I was having a tough time. And I knew I just like was like, I need to take some kind of hallucinogenics. And I was asking everyone that I knew that usually could get acid or could get shrooms or could get whatever. No one could get it. And I was like, fuck's sake. 
and videos of ayahuasca ceremonies are coming up on YouTube. So I'm watching documentaries on people going to, you know, to the middle of Peru, drinking this drink and realizing all their issues. I'm there a few months after my dad's death with, you know, severe alcoholism and, you know, feeling pretty shit and thinking... You went to Peru, you mean? No, no, I'm saying I... Oh, you're in watching, that existential Yeah, yeah, no, place. yeah, no, watching, no, I'm watching people on YouTube go to, right, right, like, right. in their videos, and I'm thinking, I need this. I need mm. to take something that shows me all my issues, fixes them all, gives me that hug, and sets me on my way and says, quit smoking and quit drinking, and I needed that. And I was like, what the, where can I get that? Because obviously I can't afford to go to Peru. I can't afford to get across to the other side of the world and do this. So it just, something said like, you know, in, look into it. And obviously I saw DMT was the active compound and my brain was like, oh, well, I've heard of DMT before on like Joe Rogan. So I started looking into DMT and I realized like, well, it's pretty easy to make chemically, you know? Oh, you, you did just... that. You made it. You synthesized it. No oh, shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, Props, yeah, yeah, Virgo stuff. You're the hermit. You're the alchemist. I mean, yeah, yeah. Real. Literally, I got 420 grams of mimosa hostilis in the in the fridge, just in case I need to make any more. But I've got I've got enough in me pots. So On deck. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've literally, I've got I've got gear ready, gear in the fridge, but I'm too scared to take any anymore. <laughs> I hear you. I, okay, I mean, I'm gonna make this very brief, but uh, basically similar. See, we're both 26 degree low rising, so you're we're gonna navigate the dow pretty similarly even though we have different colored boats with different propellers and shit uh long story short i was like i'm bored i don't do hard drugs i had this is like in 2011 and i went to my dude and i was like give me something you know other than acid and he's like have this dmt same idea blast it <laughs> off dig crazy shit talks talk to the frog you know tr frogs and weird shit and egyptian deities being like don't smoke same vibes you're going for it's like we want the big spanking from the sky but that's actually our inner work somehow like reflecting infinitely outward i don't under who the fuck knows what's going on in those you know realms i don't think anybody has a map necessarily um quick statement i i was holding on to just because you said uh in the bible um it's like uh you know jesus is like oh you have to be like a child you know don't prohibit them from coming to me you guys if you want to come to the kingdom you got to be like them sometimes i'm like oh that's like you know a willingness and an openness right open mind open heart kind of thing and then, um, I mean, I'm not a neurologist by any means or a bio biologist, but it's like our prefrontal cortexes, I've read somewhere, and I could be wrong, anybody in the comments or anybody can totally crucify me on this, no pun intended. Um, but basically, when you're a kid, your brain hasn't formed certain neurons in such a way that you're basically naturally stoned. Um, <laughs> and you're kind of like, colors are bright and everything's good and I want to eat and I'm just going to play, play, play. It's like, it's not a stonedness like, like we think of it. In a sense, we're turning off certain things that go back to that state on drugs. Um, anyway, I just was going to throw that out there because it's like, yeah, there seems yeah. to be some even formative kind of ego shell that we Well, personally, into, what, we have what to I'd lose. say that it is, is it's like, um, if you imagine, you know, cultures that, put things around their necks to stretch their necks or you know mm. stuff like that uh for example oh in the old days you know people that were left-handed in the catholic regime would have the their devil. left hand tied behind their back and forced to write with their right so culture is not yeah, yeah so the thing is is <laughs> if you don't use your pineal gland you atrophies yeah yeah right and and it, quick 
because when you're a kid, it's that, you know, they talk about language. When's the time to teach a kid a language? When he's a baby, you know, give, give him that language and you can teach them five and they'll be fluent in five. And it's like a head start because they had it when they were younger. And it's the exact same thing. If you don't use your legs as a kid and then one day they get you out of the bed and then just walk, you drop. You know, not and, forced gump. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like, the point. Is, damn it. Is like, that yeah. because because meditation and stuff like that is that's is the workout. Yeah yeah, 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 that is the workout, right? And and this is it goes back to the exactly what happened with DMT. So like I never had a conventional really experience. The first few times on it with the most conventional, it was like because I'd watch videos, inhaled closed my eyes and you know i think one of the first times i can remember i saw gaia you know green and made of leaves and and i walked up and and you know this jester put his arm around me and said what do you want and i was like uh can i have a new soul and he was like of course you can and like threw pushed me up and gaia grabbed me and i had my eyes closed but you know she put this soul in and i oh my it felt like i couldn't control my mouth going up and it going in and out so that was like normal stuff. After this, um, a voice told me when I was taking it, it went, keep your eyes open. And I was like, okay. So as I was holding it in and I kept my eyes open, I kind of left-ish through my eyes. And I was like, ooh, okay. I kind of get what that, it, where there was something. It was like it was pulling me out and I couldn't quite get it. It was literally, it felt like it was reaching and going, come on in. But I couldn't quite get there. So I did it again and again, and then eventually, boom, I went actually out into that realm. It was like a waiting room, like a, you know, uh, holographic waiting room almost, made of all I geometry know what you and mean. stuff. Yeah. I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, and then, boom, through the hotel, if you know the hotel, you know, through with all the... I don't know what is a little easier, but I, there's a waiting yeah, room. So, kind of so, thing yeah, well, you go into through. the actual, the hotel, which is literally like hallways of beings mm -hmm. made of geometry and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, right. And you go through all that. So it, it did all that. And then after that, a few times after that, a voice told me to try and stay conscious. Like, don't get carried off into that realm. So I was like, okay. And I did. As it was trying to take me, I was just like, no, no, stay here, stay here. You know, tensing up, thinking, no, I am staying here. Boom. One minute, suddenly, it was like I connected to something. I don't know what. But I was just looking around and I've never felt so good. It was literally like I was high on high on high and high. And I was going, oh my God. My vision was like 4K above 4K. It was like I'd never seen properly before. Everything looked right. I knew everything. It looked true, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I'm actually awake for the first time. Yeah. And I was and I had this feeling of like, this is how the aliens see the world. Right. And I was like, I want to be able to see like this all the time. And I was looking around like, whoa. I remember telling my friend shortly after I left him a voice note that just made no sense. It was just like, bro, whoa, you need to, whoa. You know, like, but I thought it made sense. But just honestly, it was different. And then after that, it was basically trips started to happen here instead of out there. And that's because it's, I've opened my third eye. And this is what they were trying to teach me with the keep your eyes open. Now try and stay present. Because once it got to a point where I could stay present, I was taking it quite a bit. I was doing it like at least every two days for a good month or so. Um, and I went through about six, seven grams in that time. 
And it got to a point where I genuinely knock, couldn't. Knock, knocking on heaven's door. God, dude, <laughs> no, there's a lot I, of blasted off. Oh, well, yeah, it was. I was literally, I was, but I, it got to a point where I couldn't blast off anymore. My passport right. had expired, right? But basically, I'd take it. I'd feel like I was the, the stuff, but I'd just feel high. And I'd look around my room and it'd all go to a kind of sometimes a bit visually different. But I just couldn't leave this realm. And I remember boasting to my friend, like, well, not boasting, but being a bit like, I'm Billy Bip Gollocks, you know, because uh, DMT don't even affect me anymore, you know, just kind of does that. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, uh, that night, that night, I'd, I'd had quite a bit like to drink. Well, not quite a bit, but a decent amount. And I went British in. standards of drinking are so insane. So to you, like, you would have killed a mule, but yes. I guess no, it was, it was it, only like, like a half a bottle of vodka. But okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I went in and this is the biggest mistake of my fucking life because I just Probably. remember, no I just remember th this, well, this was it, was that the trip didn't happen in my brain or out there. It happened here. I was in the trip and I've never, ever experienced something surreal. I've realized that I've had that before, but by that point, I was already off in my brain. I couldn't remember it because I didn't have the consciousness because they... The point is, is like, don't get carried away. Keep yourself. And this is what I mean by the training is keep yourself. Remember who you are. Don't get carried away with the stream. Keep swimming and remember that you are you. And when that happened, it was like, boom, biggest experience I've ever had. Most fucking terrifying experience I've ever had. I remember, and because obviously it's a reality drug, this is what people don't like get if they've never taken it to this extent, is that if something, for example, touches your skin, you'll feel that so if you imagine something touching your skin just like a dream like in a dream if you go in water you feel the water on your skin dmt can do that so if you imagine water hitting you you'd feel water hitting you and that your brain can do that in your waking mind now that is a bit where i think insanity can be had because you know what's the boundaries between the reality and the dream world when you've just experienced something where what you're imagining you don't just see but you the feel experience. an experience yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the waking mind. So everything, I remember the world as I breathed in, I couldn't help it, but the world went down my throat, right? And I felt Party my foul. throat, I felt my throat clogged up with the universe and I could feel the different materials, fur and grass and blocks and material and feel everything, every different material. I could feel it in my throat and I couldn't breathe. And as I tried to breathe suddenly, my body disappeared. I turned into atoms all over. There was no breathing. I was just, I was gone. I was spread and I was thrown and something was putting me back together and spreading me like this. And I must have been fucking trying to get the fuck away because I woke up on a different story of my house on the floor 45 minutes later. And I just had no fucking clue what happened. Um, at that point, I just remembered the initial stages of the trip. But to think that 45 minutes had passed and that I was on the floor in a different fucking area. And I was just like, there was a, quite a bit of a mess as well. Like I fucking crashed into everything. I had no clue what happened and at that point. I was like, okay, not touching this fucking shit for a while. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, that's probably the wise move for a minute. And <laughs> like, then, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Because I just, I like I was, as far as I was concerned, I genuinely stepped through a pool. Like it, when the universe went down my throat, I remember stepping like so the world had gone down my throat and I was all that was left and it felt like I frames well whatever. it felt like yeah. I stepped out of a pool of water right 
But as like I got out, nephew. well, as I got out of the pool of water, though, as it was like a baby's first feel of the air, it burnt. Outside the pool, burnt. It tingled. I, it was too much. It was like whoa. It was like I was feeling a world outside, and it stung. You know, like a fresh wound. That's the kind of way that I'd say it felt like my skin was a fresh wound, and that I'd stepped out of this pool of water. The universe was inside me. And as I stepped out, it burnt. And I was like, what the fuck? And all this shit was going on. And um, like I said, I, I didn't take it for quite a while. Uh, there was one point that my friends, about a month and a half later, he was taking some and he left a little bit in the thing. And I was like, oh, God, I'll just have a little bit. I did that. As soon as I did, I looked at my hands and saw they were reptile hands again. And I was like, fuck, shouldn't have done this. Not touching it anymore. And I turned to my mate to be like, do you see my reptile hands? And he, he was just sat there looking down. And I could see a third eye in his forehead. And I was just like... Yeah, right. He's got his own problems to deal with. I mean, just <laughs> that alone. Um, but I just remember th really thinking about that afterwards. Like, why do I keep seeing myself as a really old reptile? Like, my skin looks old. My hands go stubbier. I've got black claws and, like, kind of extra horns. Are you an O-negative? Like, Raphael's O-negative blood. Sorry, I don't. No, no, I don't think so. I would, they would have right. told me, wouldn't they? They would have definitely told me if I was O-negative. I think people who are negative like run around telling everybody. So yeah, do you, well, you know no, your blood type? Do you know no, your blood type? No, I don't know it, but it's really rare, isn't it? So they would have told me because I've had quite a few bleed outs. So they would have been like, "You're wasting good blood." Why do you <laughs> bleed outs? What, is, what do you mean by that? Oh, I've just got, like cut I open a bunch. Yeah, yeah, fucked on. Like, yeah, actually split two arteries, but um. No, Raphael, come back. You, I was going to ask Raphael if you had any. Uh, uh, we don't have to talk about your split arteries. Okay, well, I mean, we we're talking about heavy word shit. You know, what are your two cents? Because I have only done DMT a few times, and I've had such intense experiences, I'm afraid to do ayahuasca kind of thing. It's like fears. Oh, ayahuasca is nowhere near as bad as DMT. That's what they keep saying. But I mean, eight hours of like puking and shitting and being in that room. Oh yeah, well, in that in that no, in that sense, yeah. But what you actually experience, like for example, with me, I've tried to do ayahuasca in the pill form, which is you just take the chemical version and then you just take the DMT. So you turn off your mouth with the inhibitor and then you just take the DMT. And I'm not kidding. I've taken fuck tons of that and it just don't even touch me because I think, oh, ayahuasca is for the babies. Ayahuasca is like, come on, welcome to the spirit realm. Have fun. Look around. Don't go too far. Right. I that shit. No, no, for real. DMT, Rocket science is too much. Because what I'm talking about with this opening of your pineal gland is now, if because um, I did DMT again about a month ago, I'm not shitting you, it went, took me straight back to that realm. The trip was around me. As soon as I did, I was like, oh, bollocks. It was, it was actually around me. Objects moving, things there. And it was, and, but this was the first time, the first time, and it was out of fear, but it was the first time that I remember the whole trip. The whole five minutes, I was completely conscious. No knockout, no issues. I shat myself. That was, I didn't genuinely, but I was just sat there. I saw everything happen and I, I met God, but I was in pieces and he kind of gave me control and was like, do you want to put yourself back together? And I was like, I don't want the fuck to do with that. You can take that. And I was just sat there the whole time like, right, Luke, if you don't move your body, you won't wake up on a different floor of the house. That's all you have to think about, okay? Just don't move, Simple no matter parameters. how. Yeah, 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 I was literally like, no matter how much this universe makes you want to spin and throw and go, don't do it, don't move. Because I think that was my issue, was that like, I'm, you know, I was half conscious, you know? So Virgo, it, sun, moon, Pisces, and Saturn, so and Pisces. The, well, this is what like it was teaching that. me. It's like, it's teaching yeah. you, almost kind of sleepwalking, 
in that moment before you wake up, you know, you're dangerous. And I think that's the point that it was teaching me because now when I had that trip, I realized, holy fuck, I did remember the whole thing though. Even though it was terrifying, even though I did spend the whole time gripping the bed sheets, like bring back my body, please, right? I still remembered the whole thing and I was like, oh, growth. <laughs> like I've, that is a, yeah. well, no, but because it is, because it's like, oh shit, I've at least held together who I was. I didn't bollocks it. All the shit happened here and, and it came back and it's okay. And it's like, okay, wow. And that is like how I feel that it's trying to teach me to not be afraid because it's opened my pineal gland now. So when your pineal gland is shrunk and dead, you have to do everything in your closed eyes. When it's open, it can happen in the real world, but you just need to teach it to be able to do that. And now I've taught it to be able to do that. That's a scary experience because you take that drug and the world changes. This isn't often a different dimension anymore. And this is why I think it can be dangerous because if you're someone that has tendencies to maybe have mental health issues or anything, or even somebody that's you know strong-minded, if you witness this, you might be running to your friends going, oh my God, magic is real. You should have seen it, right? Well, that's the basics. That's, well, well, I think that's what everybody does when they but, no, but, right? well, like, no, but in, this, well, for someone that I'm I hear what you mean. This was, yeah, this for me, it got me to the point where I was trying to test where objects were before I did the DMT so I could prove where they were after. I don't, and that is, you know, that's not too far away from like schizophrenic, like Luke's gone nuts, you know, he's got camera. uh, So Terrence McKenna and his brother, Dennis McKenna and Raphael, I do want your two cents on his whole shtick because you're more experienced on that front than me. Uh, But Terrence McKenna and his brother, Dennis McKenna, who's still alive. Um, they went to La Chorera somewhere down in South America and they ate a shit ton of mushrooms. I haven't read this account, but basically they were like trying to do what you're talking about. And it's not terribly surprising in a sense, but, um, where it's like, Hey, let's try to like find a key. I'm going to butcher this like anecdote. It's not my story. So I can't remember it exactly. And I haven't read it, but the idea of being like a hyperdimensional object, can we make it real? You saw that too, you know, like kind of that evidential evidentiality with that headspace. I mean, it's tricky. Um, because even you were like, oh, you know, this place and it's like a, a, a cognizant map that people culturally at least are aware of, you know. Well, this is the thing that I, I, I wouldn't say it was a map. I would actually say it's different levels because the further I've gone, I stopped seeing the earlier bits. So it's not like I navigate through the earlier bits to get to the next bit. If I take it now, it takes me straight back to where I was before. So it's almost like levels of a game. And I think it might match up to frequency, might match up to where you vibrate at, because it is to do with vibration. It is the the way that the creatures talk, for example, is all 8-bit noises, pretty much. You know, it's all do-do-do-do-do. Like, that's very simplistic, and you will hear everything. It vibrates up. It's this buzzing up, buzzes you up as you get to that realm. And everything is high-pitched, and that's why noises can really fuck with you. So if there was violent music on while you're doing DMT, not you, a suggested you, mode. Yeah, bad <laughs> suggestion because you, your trip will start to just it'll do it'll that. that. Yeah, 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 it will reflect that, and it will, you will do that. You'll want to crunch up and explode and boom, boom, boom. So you've actually got to respect the noises, and even to the point of if you've got a fan in your room that's spinning just to keep you cool, and you do DMT, that fan is going to become a noise that is going to fuck you up. So it gets to the point where I've actually thought like, shit, I want to get out into nature far away from electronics, far away from annoying noises where I can just properly tune out and not have anything fuck with you. 
so that you like, can what really are those birds? do it. Are those crickets? God damn it. <laughs> but at, at least they're natural, <laughs> though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Even the noise of my fridge, the noise my fridge sat here makes, you know, my little drinks fridge, it makes a nice little noise every now and then. But if I'm in the realm, that noise is going to piss me off. The character. Almost. oh trust well it's not even that it's just as i go in i don't know why i hear the noise and i'm like oh no that noise is gonna fucking do my head in so it's like even to keep your, your shit together in those worlds you need like peaceful silence and everything and i think you've got to respect that if you want to go in as far as you can go and it's not just uh, not just about that as well i think it's about like peace inside you yeah uh, mm. if if your head isn't in the right space you can't go any further so and it's that's when you need to take a minute to get your head back together and and sit down and you know and actually teach yourself to meditate and teach yourself to you know have a method of calming down in panic because that's going to help you in the next trip when you're panicking you're gonna have to go through that rhythm because what it's trying to teach you is to remain calm to move through this stage of panic into the next dimension and with each step it gets realer and realer it's showing me stuff that is terrifying and you know wants to break my brain each time and then it's saying do you want to continue you know if you want to chill out and if you chill out you'll move to the next bit and it really is like training yeah i mean the apostle paul said something like oh if you're a kid you drink milk when you're an adult you have a steak i'm a vegan so i don't fuck with either of those but the point is initiations are real and degrees of initiation are real um, you know, in a, I think in a post, um, liberal democracy kind of thing after, you know, the revolutionary war in America and all this kind of stuff, um, we're all like, we can all do everything equally. And it's like orangutans aren't orcas. Uh, you know, it's like some things can swim well, at the bottom of the ocean and some can't, uh, not, not to discriminate like that, but like understanding degree, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So it's like, yeah. know thyself. That's the point. Right. So I mean, like, of, even, yeah, I'd say it's hard to like gauge somebody's, um, mental ability because we have no way of even testing or anything is it because our society is so against like that's just where's magic, professor you know? x well where's yeah goddamn... that, that's what i mean you have no way of saying does one human genuinely have a better connection to the spirit realm than another or is it scientific in the sense that it's genuinely about your pineal gland if you work on that pineal gland it can be bigger but then again does someone naturally have one that works better like a sportsman you know that can just kick a ball better or um it it, it comes to that kind of aspect but I so think you're the all... dmt pele is what you're saying just now no no not even that kidding. though like no because i think what it is is that when we all meditate look at wim hof wim hof literally mm -hmm. puts yeah, all his records. stuff to, he puts all his shit down to dmt he says it's androgynous dmt it's androgynous mm -hmm. it's him teaching his body to release the right amount of dmt that he is affecting reality and he's saying it's not cold He's stopping bullets. There is no spoon. I mean, he's but, well, it is, it is essentially, yeah, because he's quite literally, it is, it is, in the same way the DMT is so real, he's raising his DMT as androgynous levels by breathing in the right way to release the DMT just enough to give him a bit more that he can then have more of a mental control over his life. And he literally will tell you that it's, uh, that it's DMT that he puts it down to. So when you think, why do people meditate? where do they go to it's probably because by meditating they're focusing and they're allowing you know their, their pineal gland to open and with that more dmt to be released and by doing that it takes many years of meditation and That's stuff training to get, wheels 
Yeah, where, whereas I think DMT is basically like just ki- pushing the kid in at the deep end and being like, well, if he swims, he swims. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and that's kind of why I think DMT was brought, like, you know, brought to me in particular, because I never used to fuck with meditation because I just thought it was stupid. I would have never sat it through to get to the point where I could see stuff in my head to actually go, oh shit, I would have been like, no, nah, I'm not seeing anything, and never done it. Whereas DMT did that for me, it opened my pineal gland. And Very Dr. Dur- Strange. It's like, well, ah, f- well for real, like now, when I'm, if, I, if I close my eyes, I see just pure color and shapes and stuff. And like, weirdly, I went and spoke to my mom, and she was like, what, didn't people not usually see images in there, like when they shut their eyes? And I was like, no, mom, you weirdo. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's a level don't... four DMT being, bro. You didn't yeah, I was about to say. I was like, it's, no, it's not normal to just have visions. Well, what is normal? Right? It's like it's gene. Yeah, it's trick. So like, Some what, people... what does, does everyone not get visions of the future when they shut their eyes? Like, no, mum, no, not usually. <laughs> Well, it's weird. I was listening to um, some Jordan Peterson or something the other day, and he was talking about the our brains have evolved in such a way that we are blind people can draw like somebody who was born blind, who has never seen anything can draw because we have visual cortex shit. Like once again, out of my league here, biologically, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but apparently it happens. So it's like, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Anyway, Raphael keeps disappearing. I want his two cents of your shtick because I can't really speak to it. I mean, I can. I can high five you and say, Oh my God, it's such a weird place. I'm just wondering, like, I don't know ideas. He's, he has different, maybe presuppositions than I do, but it's like limits, responsibility, uh, fear, um, you know, initiatory phases. Like I think sometimes what happens is, um, you know, if you go to the bar all the time and everyone knows your name, cheer style, like there's a, how, okay. Astrologically it's like summer's awesome, but winter has to happen too, or else the life cycle doesn't work. So it's like, I think spiritual highs are dope. And then at some point it's like, you got to integrate that kind of yeah. thing happens. So anyway, I'll shut the fuck up. But Raphael, what do you think about what he just told us? So just maybe to anyone who's not so familiar, so they made their own experiences from all the first hand, second hand and third hand or whatever you would call it experiences I know about. It seems that it's highly individualized. So even though I kind of like this idea, like, oh, you know, ayahuasca is just for the baby steps. I have also heard of like pretty extreme things, you know, because then they keep taking it again and again. What I would say from my experience is that just it may be a bit more guided just because you have more time. It has a just a different it's a energy. It, it rolls in and rolls out. Well, yeah. well <laughs> what accounted to that is that possibly it might be something like, again, based on pineal gland that like depending on how much yours is open you might or might not get as affected by it because it does just hit you differently like smoke dmt it's about having x amount in a short period of time and that is what blasts you into that world whereas ayahuasca is about deactivating the inhibitors in your you know the enzyme inhibitors in your stomach and that allows you to absorb that dmt which brings on this trip over a few hours so in that sense dmt like i don't know because like again i'll have to go to peru and test the theory but if i sit there shitting myself for six hours with no trips i'll be bloody angry at you guys Refund. you know you know everyone else you is that shit in England. You know, i'm sorry look it's just your straight. pineal gland you just gotta go back to the training you know so no so i mean there from the experiences i know about there have been people that use it they see almost nothing they're just in pain and or the pain they have their trauma resolved or something <laughs> at the same time some other people sitting next to it and being like oh my god you know like i saw everything 
What's yeah, so but um, I'd say wait. Most people don't they do it with their eyes closed? I might be wrong on this, yes. but most ayahuasca, yeah, that I've yes. seen is they all close eyes, and it's like I say that it's it's a different experience to that conscious I'm here, because that happens with DMT. You do go off into realms, you'll feel that feeling of oh, I've taken X amount, it wants to carry me away, and I think that's what it's trying to teach you to fight. So maybe you get the same thing with ayahuasca, but once you are, I think that might be the point is that ayahuasca. If it can't carry you away because you're too conscious, then it can't really take as much effect on you. Do you know what I mean? You'll just end up sat there kind of seeing light visuals everywhere because you can't be carried away. I think that is something that kind of applies to it. That's interesting. I can't, I don't know. What's certainly clear is that the, um, the ratio or the change must be quicker when you smoke it, you know, like the buildup and going down, that that's obvious, right? And then I'm not sure if you heard about this, but there's something called Bufo which is 5-MeO-DMT, which yeah, yeah. is like, you know, the, the potentiated thing. And I can just underline exactly what you said in terms of the, the risks and the, you know, set and setting. Sound is incredibly important. So uh, in this case, I mean, also with DMT, especially with the other type, it really makes a big difference if there is like a great shaman assisting you or playing a nice flute or something. It can make everything, you know, super smooth. I'd be curious whenever you get to it, how you react to the 5-MEO thing. And otherwise, um, I mean, you know, I could tell different it's stories, It's a psychedelic I guess. shopping cart. Rafa, it, it seems interesting. Yeah. I would say that the uh, the DMT that I do that's made with like, when it's got, well, you might not know the process, but sometimes when it comes out, you get more of the alkaloids in it and it ends up with a lot more waxy and a lot more yellowy gold. And I find that that shit gives me more of what people report of an meo experience that's the stuff that seems to really give me that fucking hell whereas if it's the pure white powder that i've taken like off the first batch that stuff's always a lot cleaner and a lot more you know Manageable. enjoyable yeah enjoyable yeah. shit whereas if you get down to the darker waxy yellow stuff like i should show you this stuff man one sec it's funny that he's saying this. Wait, wait, am I allowed to show you this stuff? On yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, we believe you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first stuff I yeah, did was like shards of orange. I was like, is this? this? Oh, I've got some evil rocks. I kind of want to show you. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter and Scorpio, folks, right here. He wants to break down the taboos. He doesn't give a shit. Um, okay, so we can talk a lot about psychedelics, and I'm... I'm imagining whenever I come to England, not that I'll do DMT necessarily, but it's like, we'll kick it and we can talk about drugs all day. I am still curious about your YouTube channel. We haven't even talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and maybe just to put it around because that's, I mean, but that's obviously and apparently it's important if you say, I didn't oh, know yeah. about the Wim Hof story. I think it's fascinating, but makes perfect sense that DMT is some kind of, you know, trans-dimensional substance that allows for all kinds of things uh, to occur. Um, and apparently even Wim Hof is using it. But what's then especially interesting, of course, is how these things then lead people, maybe in your case again, to do this kind of research and very quickly, very, let's say, uh, efficiently and seamlessly also have this kind of in a way impact, if you will. Um, so where would you say is the connection for you between the psychedelic stuff and then, you know, being able, let's say, to see the world differently or again starting or allowing yourself to access that because that was the process for you i guess because this is one thing i will just say about both ayahuasca and any form of dmt is the actual core feeling i would say is at least for me was uh, unity unconditional love and if you understand that really 
then it also means there is no real opposition, which gives one, if one can integrate that feeling, wisdom, understanding into everyday life, it's like then you're unstoppable. And this is why I always think in a sense that these things are hidden and obfuscated and distorted, because if more people you know, easily could train with that in a proper way, they wouldn't be afraid of anything anymore. At least that's my impression, you know, in terms of ego, death, Our and so on, fear of death. Culture yeah. freak out. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. We'd all walk on water. What the fuck? Or well, um, I'd say whatever it was that guided me to DMT in the first day, I, I think I have to say, yeah, I do believe that there is a super intelligent force that not only manages what happens to me on it, but also made sure that I went and got it and made it. <laughs> You know, I I'm a theist. I hear you. I I I'm can't like literally. Well, I was an atheist. That's the thing. Like I, I really was. And the as much as I, you know, I started to believe in a god, but I always had this kind of niggling thing of like, um, I've not had it proved. The the scariest trips, uh, like I say, I couldn't remember that one that happened to me for ages until i had their trip about a month ago and i went straight back there and all the feelings from exactly that day i tasted all those things in my throat again and i was like oh how the fuck does my brain know to take me back to that exact feeling from that exact moment the same feeling put me back as in if i've just loaded up a save game yeah and, well that's kind of what you did right you put well, the chapter marker in and literally left. though yeah but how does my brain know to do that i've just smoked dmt and it's like oh fellas he's back on it let's fucking load up the same game what that doesn't sound right how's my brain got a little save data for dmt it might not be in your brain it well this is well, this, yeah. well this is the thing it took me straight back to that point like say i had the first conscious experience and then after it i was like okay yeah that is terrifying that was like death i'm not doing that for a while and we're gonna think about that and and again, I just thought about it, but weirdly, it wasn't until a few, about a week or so ago. I remember in well, it's it's been happening more, but what's happening st- uh, is I've started to have these kind of sleep paralysis moments before I go to sleep, where I, uh, it started off. In fact, I was watching a movie, and as I was asleep, well, as I, I was falling curious. asleep, I I think I really want to say it was Dragon Ball Z movie. Oh, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty certain shit, okay. oh, I love it man I'm pretty certain it was but Goku. I might be wrong it might have been Marvel but it was something like that and okay. I just remember watching it and then my brain going like wait a minute how are we watching this we've got our eyes closed and I was like nah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like we can't have our eyes closed and I was like no we, we do and, and I woke up opened my eyes I'm looking the other way and I turned and the TV's Third playing yeah, and, I, and that's when I was like, hmm, okay, because stuff's definitely happened like that before, but this was really with it. And then that started to happen where when I was falling asleep, I suddenly just kind of woke up again and realized I was staring at my wall, but I wasn't staring at my wall, my eyes were closed, but visual shit was going on, like trippy shit was going on, as if I was on DMT. And I started going, wait a minute, this feels like I'm on DMT. And this started happening more and more, and I started having dreams where I was on DMT. And the weirdest fucking thing is that I had this dream where I was running 
through portals and I was tripping and I just knew that I was tripping and I was trying to get home but everywhere I ran I kept going through portals and I was wearing the same clothes I wore on that day that I tripped and that fucked with me because I was like holy fuck <laughs> like you know imagine if I genuinely been running through fucking alternate realities or some shit but I'm not that far deep don't worry but it was like um I started to get these kind of feelings of going back into the trip in dreams and then again the other week I was in this half awake state and I remembered feeling like again, and it's happened a lot where if I just push a little bit, the rush of the DMT trip starts to hit me. And it's, you might know the feeling, the feeling of, you know, almost losing all your balance and just, you know, that kind of, you're going to faint feeling, you know, that high blood pressure head feel of like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Dizzy. I don't know. The monkey body doesn't like, but the spirit is like coming this away. Well, it's like that's happening, and but it's happening when I'm half asleep, and then I literally this first. So it's happened a few times where I've almost gone into it, and it's hit me like a pulse, and it's been like a whoa, what was that? And this time it actually went, and I went straight into a DMT trip, but in my half sleep, and I was like, holy fuck, how is this happening to me in my fucking sleep now? And after that experience, like I woke up the next day and I really like fucked up dreams. And I, I just like was thinking like, this is getting too much now. Like I'm still, it's, it follows me. I can't take the drug and it'll fucking come and get me in my sleep. And then since that, I started having dreams. Well, not, no, not dreams, sorry. So I'm getting flashbacks of what happened to me in those events that I couldn't remember since. Like actual really vivid feelings experiences that i haven't remembered since like the like say the feeling of that emerging from the water with the burning skin i couldn't have recalled that until a couple of days ago the feeling of the world going down my throat and clogging not to the extent i could have recalled it a few days ago the the what happened to me the way the world twisted around the way that it made my brain feel as it happened things, these things have just been coming back to me over the past few days and i just sat there and thought the only way that i can explain this is that something is doing this you know, because it's so selective. It chooses when it wants me to come back in. It chooses when to give me the fucking memories back. It chooses when to make me scared and when to go, come on, you know, you want some. And I'm just like, well, it has to be intelligent. And by that logic, what could do this? What is so powerful? Well, God, like, I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming yeah, God wouldn't give me really a fucking... Quick. Yeah, I'm assuming God won't give me like a portal to hell in my brain. So I've got to assume it's God doing it and not just like the devil being able to have his fucking go with me. But yeah, you know, it, really, it really is. It's fucked because you're like, well, it's provably intelligent. It is provably, like to me, sorry, it's not like provably to you, obviously, or to anyone listening. Yeah, personal but... demonstrability is, you know, uh, Terrence McKenna would say like your experience is your primary indicator of reality. I mean, yes, you can have a temperature and be like, oh my God, things are distorted. So you can't. Uh, that's why epistemological frameworks have to have more than one side. You can't just rely on culture. You can't just rely on your personal experience because you can be wrong as much as you, you know, you can be sincerely incorrect, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, like Columbus being like, we're in India, right? They're Indians, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, bro, it's not quite like that. So anyway, um, there's a whole lot of ins and outs. Uh, the psychedelic so you, experience. Go ahead. No, go on. Sorry. What you say? Well, I'm just trying to get my head into like an encapsulation mode where it's like, all right. Um, you got to write down part of me thinks that um, it's a little like Donnie Darko, which I saw in mushrooms once in high school, which I wouldn't suggest necessarily doing, but um, Donnie Darko, have you seen that film? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, at the end of the thing, he sees basically a whole timeline, if you want to put it that way, where he's like, Oh shit, I got to do this. And you know, the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie has 
has to do with the plane engine or whatever. Don't want to give too many spoilers, but uh, in parallel realities and and I guess the rabbit, ironically, um, is a version of a, something that he does at a party. It's a complicated. How would I even put it? We tend in modernistic, postmodern, technically now, I guess, but modernistic materialism has made us really. It's got its benefits, right? We can, like, you know, I guess, ship things from America to England and back, or what? You know, it's like it has its merits, but um, we've we tend to not be. We've marginalized the supernatural. We've marginalized the mystical and mythic in a sense, and those things are still just as real as ever. Um, so I think you're I mean, being. Guided. I, could see, I could see, yeah, I could see why they do it though, because like in a sense, I think as much as I hate to admit this as a, a former atheist, like if you believe that there's nothing planned and there's nothing, you know, this teleology is what they call that. There's no, there's no purpose. Purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Then you can almost regress into your narcissistic base very easily. Fuck oh, for everyone. sure. You know, well, fuck everyone, point, and, and then, right? like and then by that, and then with that narcissism, people don't understand how easy it becomes to be manipulated because you know you provide some narcissism, and then you know, for example, like money or you know uh, looks or something. So, well, money basically is yeah. the only one, but you know, then you give people the work cast. You go, go on, go on, narcissists, go hate each other and work as you hard as you can. Justifying whatever for those ends. Yeah, I hear. Yeah, you. yeah, and, and, and that's I what think, the devil is. I guess the shadow part of you that's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is where it gets tricky, right? Do what you will. You're going to do what you want anyway, but there's got to be a higher good than you. I mean, this is going to get into. Well, I always, but, you know. I always talk about this on Fair. People don't really like it, but I talk about how, because uh, it made me laugh. I remember when I first started getting into religion. So before this, I really was like, fuck the Bible. You know, it just like, I thought it was stupid. I remember watching an actual video on the gospel of Luke or one of them. And it was when Jesus came to uh, finding people trade, you know, doing taxes and trading in the in his Lord's house in the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the video, the guy starts flipping tables. And I remember just like staring at it, like thinking like, fair enough. As someone that hates capitalism, me and Jesus, we've got something. I just burst out laughing, you know, seeing him like the horror on Jesus's face. Like, we're going to (laughs) trade throwing tables. How dare you? But then the more I le- looked into it, I realized something. I th- you know, he said, you can't do this in my father's house. And I was like, okay, so in this instance, your father's house is the temple. But then all, all the other occurrences, he calls his father's house heaven, but he also calls his father's house the earth. And he says that they're going to be one and the same, and his father's house is all around us. And it's like, oh, my father's oh, house so... are many mansions. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there's the thing. He's, but he's talking about trading in his father's house. And the Bible's like, oh, no, he means in the church. It's all right to do it outside the church. And it's like, that doesn't sound like what Jesus meant. <laughs> you sure that's what Jesus? Oh, no. Yeah, when he flipped the tables and got fucking angry at us saying we're going to ruin the world, he meant just don't do it in here. He, we can do it out there. <laughs> I, I won't, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I won't go that far with the extrapolation, but it's like the idea in my mind would be like, all right, you know, like Lothlorien and Lord of the Rings. Like yeah, imagine yeah. all of a sudden that turned into like Mad Max because people were fucking negligent. I mean, it's kind of the story of Gaia and people on earth, but it's like, imagine like a pristine, beautiful thing, which I guess is a sacred space, which was set aside, i.e. the temple for ritual purification, whatever the fuck they were tripping on um, culturally or metaphysically possibly too. Uh, cause I'm a Christian, but yeah, yeah, very atypical. So I don't push it on anybody who knows what the fuck's going on kids. Um, but the idea being like, 
I don't know. Like, imagine a bunch of fucking like meth heads came in with spray paint and like, I don't, you know, axes and ripped up your room. You'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I value this in a certain way and you've pissed on it. You know, I think at the very least, that's what's going on. Um, I hear you're kind of like, because there's interesting correlations between like the inner, let's put it this way, like the world as such, there's an inner um, courtyard in the temple, like, uh topography like the schematic of it so it's like here's an inner temple you can kind of do stuff gentiles can't go past this point only initiated jews and then there's an inner temple where only a high priest can go and it's like they had to tie a rope around the dude because like if he died they wouldn't know and they can't go in there kind of stuff it gives into the high magic and you know weird stuff i'm i'm more well is it is uh, it the lost gospel of thomas it might be the one where he talks about if someone uh, says the heaven is up there then the birds will go before you and if someone says the heaven is down here you know then the snakes will go before you if someone says you know where is heaven it's inside of you and around you and it's also as above so below make heaven as it should be on earth so by that logic just the way i see it then he's trying to say my father's house as it is up there, as it is in the temple, should be made all around you. Like, why should there be, you know, it's all, it should all be the temple. And by that logic, well, this, again, it's up to other people if you're on discreet. I just found it with Jesus basically saying, when you start trading and you start treating things like that, you just, you are no longer in you, yeah, yeah, you've lost and like, you've, you're not an angel anymore. Can you imagine if, right, can you imagine you're sat in bed one day and the, you hear the, oh, and you wake up and you see this glowing thing yeah and fucking comes down he lands next to your bed you're like you look up and he holds out a scroll and he says i have orders from the lord god himself and you're like oh my god i can't wait and and he's just holding him you're like yeah what are they and he's holding out his hand and you're like what are they he's like come on put some money in the hand you want yeah. the secrets? Pay to play, like, baby. You got to pay yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? what? You, you want some money? He's like, mate, I've just flown all the way from fucking heaven with your orders from God, and you're not going to give me some money. What is what? You'd be thinking this angel's a bit of a dick, isn't he? Right? Even if he, if he was like, Time's fine then. Fine, don't pay me. I guess it's not really the rules, but a tips a tips, flings the scroll at you. He's like, dickhead. And floats away. You'd be like, all right, you're reading your orders from God thinking, not quite what I expected, but... <laughs> and, <Your song>. and... <laughs> no, but that's the point, isn't it? Like, that's not what angels do. <laughs> no, that's not what God does. God doesn't don't expect angels, that. Angels are weird, because we can kind of start looping this in. Ang- England, <laughs> angel land, right? Uh, all that stuff I've, I saw oh, yeah, yeah. you talked about. But the idea in the Judeo-Christian kind of model is... Uh, First of all, whenever an angel appears, it's like, don't worship me. And I don't know how many entities you've seen on DMT, but it's like, holy shit. Like, it's out of our pay grade in a way. We're like, uh, it's not a human monkey thing. Oh, my God. Um, so they say pretty much, don't freak out. Don't worship me. And here's the message. Angel just means like messenger kind of, right? So it gets tricky. Um, all right. Hard pivot. And this is, I mean, a horrible segue. I'm kind of just like, you know, switching total universes. When did you go from and i by the way i should say this thank you for telling us so much about your uh dft stuff i love that shit it's, it seems like i'm like okay next uh it's like i love that no no like, we talked about i, I do hour, want to talk man. about it's your so youtube good. stuff before it's your phone good. dies um so when did you start going you know what i've compiled enough evidence in my mind um about whatever the king arthur stuff you were researching or the mud flood which i want to get see i never heard the comet part of it and i'm like is that I got to watch your shit because <laughs> I'm like, all right, you're cogent enough that I can hang. Um, but then, I mean, I've got my own skeptical questions where it's like, how much of history should we be attributing to 
illustrations. Yeah. Um, because well, I mean, the uh, the King Arthur stuff, um, right. it was it was never really, it was, wasn't my research. Like, the reason I uploaded those was a two-part thing, really. So, originally, when I started researching this stuff, I just found myself, like, really struggling to actually get my head down and focus on the topic because it was kind of like, what was the point? There was no goal, if you know what I mean. It was there was like uh, you got some trainers but you're like i don't know what i want to do yeah well kind of like there was this tartaria stuff and like you know the more i looked into it i didn't really have anyone to talk to about it and the people that you meet online aren't exactly you know the um the best group just to make best friends to talk about tartaria with we're gonna I mean? prove like, you wrong on team rabbit hole well <laughs> here kids. well no anyway. this is a bit different but i mean like on reddit for example or stuff you know reddit? it's not like it's i not, hit it's you not up like on reddit that. by the way right i was like yeah, I know, I but it's, it's, not, you, dude. it's not like i can just post like hey looking for tartaria friends to research and then next thing you know make an impact but well i guess i never really wanted to make an impact anyway but i just wanted to make videos i was watching other people making videos and i thought you know what if i made a video i could focus on a topic so for example when it came to the world's fairs i was going through these books and i was thinking like it'd be nice if i could talk about this to someone well i'll just record a video then you know i just... appreciate your tone and stuff it's very casual like thank never you yeah that's, yeah ramble, that's that stuff. all that just be like, yeah, look at this. Fuck that. That's bullshit. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, and that's just how it started. And I posted the Alan Wilson at King Arthur stuff because um, a lot of his work has been removed from YouTube. And there's like, it's just, you know, not really available. And to be fair, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I risked copyright a lot with that because they're, you know, they're not mine. And I, can, I guess I could turn monetization off. But I did just want to put them back up out there. And then at the same time, started making my own videos. But at this point, I only had like 30, 40 subscribers or something. And then it, it got to Tartaria. And I just saw on the Reddit that they had that FAQ. And I thought, okay, if people, people probably missed that FAQ. And the, like the amount of people that were commenting in the Reddit saying like questions that could be answered by the FAQ, even though the FAQ is shit, really. But it's probably it's bad propaganda. But the point was, is I just thought, well, that's easy FAQ. I'll just read that. I'm not really giving this point of view. I'm just reading the FAQ. And then if people who can't be asked to read, which I know there's a lot of us, they're really, you know, it is a bit of like, oh, for fuck's sake, if I have to. Well, I thought I've already done it for you. And you can just look at the pictures and I'll tell you what it says. So that's kind of where it went. And then it must have been you're the YouTube mother algorithm. Bird. You've chewed it up for us and you're just spitting it into our mouths. Well, basically. I think, that, yeah, I think it was the YouTube algorithm realizing like this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Let's give him 100,000 views. Um, and that that's literally. DMT where, angels, bro. Well, it, it just popped off. And I think like I made a couple videos that week um, that all did relatively well, but that that one did the main thing. And obviously it started going up. Next thing I had like uh, a thousand subs and I was like monetize and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. I guess it's going to make YouTube videos. <laughs> and then just like, here we Mimosa are. Hostilis budget. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that's what's up. All right. But, so that's a pretty organic situation. So basically, I mean, Hey, I hear you uh, in a way. Um, this podcast wasn't my idea. It was Raphael's idea. So sometimes just things happen and snowballs happen but virality is dope and it seemed like what well, saying you hit the algorithm i don't know how it all works i'm not a fucking ai you know aware person but it's like the zeitgeist is wanting pe you know people are wanting to know more about the history on, whether it's covid kind of stuff or 9-11 or you know there's enough ends of suspicion i guess you could say 
uh, and people testing the bounds of reality where more and more people are getting red pilled, so to speak. And they maybe shouldn't sell all their belongings and go be a shaman in Peru, but they can research reality. How do you, um, in, and I've got to check out your videos, but how do you walk through, because um, I, like I said at the beginning, I've seen a few, but you've got quality ones that I want to actually check out. Uh, how do you go about um, vetting, in a sense, projected fantasy versus like, because, how do I put this? Because if you were coming from an atheist place, you're a Virgo, Sun and Moon, you're pretty fucking practical. So yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah, very, I don't think very you lo- want logical. Um, yeah. I hate, I hate the idea that I could be giving out any form of misinformation. I also hate the idea that I'm saying anything stupid. And I, I also like to be, um, this is probably a bad thing, but I try to be in the middle. I try not to step on too many toes. I don't like want to be one of those people that comes out and says, this is what we believe here. And if you disagree, fuck off because it's not, you know, that's just not how it works. And, and I find that, you know, as, as much as this community is open-minded, a lot of the people in, in it can be very close-minded to other oh, to people. Oh, dogmatism that, happens. Well, yeah, 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 especially to people that haven't woken up yet. And I think, like, that's no way you, to get people outside. You NPC. Outside. Yeah, like, yeah, almost, no, trust. Yeah, it's oh, the worst. Trust. That, that kind of shit's disgusting because especially, like, because, you know, when I got into this, it was from the point of view of, like, interested in King Arthur real history and shit you know, well, what I consider real history, like old time history. And then the more that I've got into it, it's like, holy fuck, like the entire world I know might be bullshit. But it all started as one, you know, from a point of view of someone that actually appreciates real research, appreciates facts. Like it's all nice to read One World Tartarians by James W. Lee, but you do have to understand that the guy was a fiction writer. And, you know... Well, that's kind of what I was asking. It's like, how do you vet... Um, Okay, there's so many gaps in history. Just... Just because things don't always add up doesn't mean everything we know is false on the one hand. So it's like we still use money and I'm wearing clothing and we speak English. There's consequence and perpetual motion, it seems, with karma. I don't even know how to put it. It seems like there's a continuation. We're not just like, oh, my God, there's a pink elephant and I'm speaking Vulcan. Oh, my God. Now, now, you know, it's like there's a logic to reality. And yet, as you know, with the psychedelic experience, it informs us that maybe there's more to the picture than meets the eye. Like, don't just think you have it all nailed down. So given that tension of reality, the both um, practical kind of material consistency, as well as the we're probably in an imaginarium and everything we think can become real. (laughs) And those are the polls kind of thing. Um, How do you go about looking at world history? Uh, I'd never really questioned, have we been, been reset? Like, I was just presupposing, oh, the Romans and the Greek and the history that we've been given is understandable and i get it um just well, because it's I, I think like, in a lot of ways, um, right you inherit culture you, you have to learn to uh live with conflicting worldviews. so you have to learn to live with cognitive dissonance all the time Correct. because um it all just hurts because if you <laughs> Well, they honestly, it just hurts. Fragile eggshell mind, overwhelmed, it, scrambled. It all just hurts is going to be the uh, the title of my autobiography, by the way. So don't fucking That's your steal epitaph. That. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, you. it all it's you. just hurts. Just thank God it's over. That's a good one. Thank God it's over. Um, <laughs> you know, so you thought this. next DMT room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit, so I was asleep in the, in the DMT room. Oh <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I was, I was wrong. Yeah. what really hurts by luke <laughs> but um Point out. yeah no i think it's it's just one of these things where you um 
you have to be closed minded to uh to close mindedness <laughs> as stupid as that sounds no no i hear because you because the thing is is if you if you stick to one narrative you be like a child you mean well, well yeah al- almost because well put Imaginal. it this way uh, if you're if you're researching Fomenko's history right mm-hmm. when you're like researching guitar, Fomenko's you history well um as in Fomenko believes um you know that the entire thing has been reset and that we're really like recent he believes uh Jesus was crucified I think it's 1153 it might be 1053 but like oh, okay not flamenco guitar this is like a real guy's like no flamenco not okay. flamenco okay fomenco. i was like are we talking about guitar and, and, no anatoly fomenco gotcha, well, if, you, if you're like so if i'm researching flamenco's work for me to build a narrative in my head that i can understand his theory off of i've got to build that theory haven't i and i've got to actually understand the theory right so if the theory hurts your brain you, you can't do that because, you know, he's telling you things that you disagree with and you're like, nah, it doesn't, no, it can't work. How the fuck do you even build a constructive narrative where you can even criticize the thing? Because you can't even, you can't even comprehend it. Because Correct. the minute you try to start going, oh, well, Jesus was here and then this was here and then the Romans were recent, oh, it hurts, it doesn't work. And, and that's the thing, because I've got multiple different lines of inquiry. I've got the King Arthur stuff. I've got the Egypt stuff. So it's Anatoly Fomenko work is essentially like, you know, I may as well just be like, well, fuck this shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> throw all this out. Because, you, you know, and that's the cognitive dissonance is that if you're working on one Tartaria theory that goes back to them being Israelite uh, remnants from thousands of years ago, but then you see Fomenko's work that tells you, you know, it's all recent. Uh, these things, they go against each other and they, they hurt. They both be true. Yeah. yeah, but you have to understand them both to be able to talk like subjectively about it. Mm. You have to be able to comprehend it. And if you go, oh, okay, no, I read Fomenko's work and it hurt my brain, so I said no. You, you know, that's not an opinion, really. And that's what a lot of people say. They go, you know, oh, no, Fomenko's work is just bullshit because they disagreed with it in a straight way. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I've got to get through it to have a fucking opinion. Correct. You know? Comfort zones are a bitch. I mean, sometimes yeah, exactly. Like, you know what? And, I don't want to swim. There's a sea serpent. It's like actually, and that's it's the thing. You've got like, this. This world is cognitive dissonance all over because if you've got one theory about the Egyptians and someone else brings in another, so I've been doing all this research at the moment, and I'm pretty certain that I've figured out that all these pyramids being described were either barbarian or well, they were definitely Nubian in some aspects, but that they might have been related to like the Barbars or the Berbers. You know, if someone came along now saying that it was a completely different race and that it happened 100 years ago that hurts my brain it hurts my research you know <laughs> um so i it, that's what you gotta be able to do you've got to be able to go oh, okay be prepared to throw out my entire research on one subject for, for for at least for now to be able to hear this guy out whereas and that's the skill is being able to actually put up with that hold pain. on loosely yeah yeah well it is yeah, you're yeah, not letting it go it's, completely but you're like okay well, just what? it's just for that moment because it's like you say, and I think flat Earth is a brilliant way of being divisive in this community because so many people will hear that you're flat Earth and they won't listen, and so many people will hear that you're not flat Earth and they won't listen, and it's like you can't live like that because you that's your cognitive dissonance. That's your like oh something we talk, you know something disagrees with me, and therefore I'm going to throw out all this potential knowledge, all this potential I- opinion. Uh, for me because i'm once we start projecting beliefs and playing sides like it's gang warfare basically intellectually and it's just it's whatever tribalism and it's you know it happens it degrades to that level the the maybe the better trojan horse might be like 
and I'm not saying you're not doing this, but this seems to be like suspension of disbelief, like what you're saying. It doesn't mean be so open-minded. Everything rips through your head because some things won't compute with your DNA or your culture. You gotta, you gotta be discerning, I guess is the right word. But at the same time, um, no, being humble enough to know, I didn't know there was something called x-rays until some scientists figured this shit out. And that's a reality. Although I don't see it constantly. Like we have to just be like, look, we're limited beings at some level and we have limited perceptions and we're in time space and we're communicating through language at other people trying to figure the fucking thing out. Uh, what's evident to me, self-evident things aren't always self-evident. That's one of the hardest things where I'm like, Oh wait, you guys aren't on the same wave. Shit. Uh, uh, and that's that's kind of why we do the Team Rabbit Hole podcast. It doesn't mean we have to believe these things. I am not personally right now a flat earther, particularly, but I've played with the idea enough where I'm. Yeah, I'm I, appreci- I appreciate people like... that play with the idea as opposed to who are like, fuck you, crazy. But that's like, to like, be fair, it's, uh, it's probably dangerous for me to even say that. I'll probably lose subscribers by uh, saying that. You know what like, I mean? Like, well, is... you here, we got to be open to revision. So it's like, it's, it's like, it's like fucking programs on a computer. It's like, look, I've got, you know. What what program I'm running right now is my belief 2.0 or whatever. McKenna's talked about this. It's not like a highly original idea on my part. If you guys, I'll tell you what. Sorry, is... sorry. I'm just gonna turn my camera off because I need to go and roll a doobie. Smoke. Yeah, do that's it. the one. So, well, I'll hell keep yeah, my mic do it for on, me too. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. largely speaking, basically, um, we're always we the software of our reality is beliefs, and that's how we run. Culture is a bunch of people agreeing that this is the the parameters of the game, and we're playing. So, I mean, you can't really have a very compelling game um without some structure in a sense i guess we could all just sit around saying wow look at the you know the gymnasium but it's like once you start being like hey that's a hoop and this is a ball and you're supposed to throw it there once you have a little directive it makes our monkey brains and stuff a little more interested in the engagement of that at at a level i'm not just a darwinian reductionist by any means in any event um the willingness to play with ideas play is really the the kingdom of god belongs to people that play kids are the ultimate thing that plays so um i rafael you there indeed okay i don't know it's like oops your connection's tripping and he's not talking so i'm like am i alone and am i, fucking, am I in a dmt sub bro what's going on um you are so, but you can go on always right no i mean i think um fear and trembling is this kind of kierkegaardian thing where it's like we gotta we gotta do it we're embarked we're on the mission of life and being and becoming um nobody has all the answers you got to be careful the people who say this is it i mean ideology is a problem in and of itself but we're here to play with like a library of ideas some are more helpful at certain times than others knowing how to you know tie off a carotid artery bleed is data that's helpful if you get into a horrible accident whereas knowing that you know isn't as fun as uh, whatever fiction stuff, right? So there's a place for everything, it seems. And I'm not such a relativist as like it's all good. Raphael has helped inculcate me into the it's all good camp much more, and so has uh, acid and shit like that. Um, where it's like, oh shit, I don't know anything. But we're here to experience. It seems levels of limitation, levels of paradox. Um, even the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I mean, apparently we were like at one mint, right? We were atoned pre-fall in a Judeo-Christian model here. And we became aware through potentially a, you know, a metaphor, but obviously maybe a mushroom trip or who knows what sexual awakening um, to a lot of levels of reality. And we're going to keep becoming into that process. That's kind of what 2001 A Space Odyssey is all about. This Kubrick film about the initiation of the star child. It's like there's levels of awareness. Um, anyway, I'm rambling, tend to do that. But 
basically the idea, I think ultimately what I was trying to get to originally with my question was how do you filter? Cause you don't seem, huh, you don't seem foolish where you're just like, yes, I'll believe anything. Like I'm in a kangaroo's womb and I live there and I'm dreaming I'm a kangaroo and I'm, I'm dreaming I'm human. I don't, you know, that could be the case. We can't prove it that, you know, that you're not a brain in a vat philosophically, but, um, how do you Luke, uh, you kind of just said it, you, you, <laughs> you're open to things to revising models. Like right now we would both say, I guess at some level, I wouldn't see, there's no such thing as certainty. So I'm like, I'm not certain the earth is flat or not. I have not experienced it to be flat. If there really is an ice wall and we're all being held in a cage kind of by governments and stuff. Wow. What a weird movie. And I guess it's possible because look at all the other weird shit people do, whether it's history resets or 9-11s or whatever, COVID scares. So, you know, in a Nietzschean power grab sense, like people manipulate people all the time. So it's not off the table for me, but I don't live as though it's true, right? Um, I'm willing to be wrong. I think that's a lot of it too. It's like, hey, you got to swing at, I, I don't play baseball and I doubt British people play much cricket kind of style, right? But so you got to swing at it sometimes, or else why are you here? You're here to fuck around and find out. Like we're all scientists. We're here to fuck around and find out through. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I've got different opinions on this. So um, that's a good way to put it. Your perspective, your opinion. Yeah, it's like who knows. Uh, I mean, that, that that could be another autobiography. <laughs> differing <laughs> opinions on this, but um, I think from my experiences so again like all my spiritualism comes from dmt so that might in itself be a flawed way to look at life no, because, but it's definitely a particular um, flavor <laughs> well that's the thing is that's where my experiences come from and weirdly the stuff that i've been shown and uh, just connections have ended up being really really on point stuff that i've seen ages ago i mean the weirdest shit. Like I remember coming back from one trip and in the trip, I'd remember seeing loads of Egyptian stuff and I'd met what I feel like was Horace or Anubis or some, one of them. And I came back from it and I was just chanting, like, thank you for choosing me. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. That's some creepy shit when you think about it. And that's I remember bizarre, there, was a, cool. there was another one where there was streams of a language going into my brain, three streams, and they were a language I can't understand. And I was literally just going like, upgrade, 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 upgrade. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, like Sonic with the about? coins. It's like, I'm and, well, really that's doing the thing. It. That's why I genuinely believe it was happening at the time. I definitely believed that I was there for like some kind of upgrade in my brain. Hmm. Like I say, after the proper awakening the one that shit my tits off was like that is a very I, british way to put that but yes yeah yeah <laughs> I, well, like, I, I, I know what you mean but jesus christ yeah yeah <laughs> like, that that one was the um that was when i really started to notice that it had other effects on me like I say like i was more attuned to like some people think this is bollocks but um, i was more attuned to just vibrations and energies and feelings like i find it really difficult to listen to music now because I find the music messes with my the spirit own. of the music. You mean? <laughs> In a sense, no, no, just, you're not. No, you're not no, saying bullshit. No, just I, like I listen to stuff actual... like Rage Against the Machine and stuff. I'm like, I used to love this, and I don't dislike it now. But it's it's got yeah. a certain energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. It is. It's it's um, well, it's almost like I'm scared of what it does to my energy. Because I feel like my energy needs to stay at a certain level and it makes me feel really dizzy and then another thing that happens and now this is Virgo's why i know purity obsessions they're like well, I need I <laughs> vibrationally clean <laughs> i'd say it's more like i noticed that 
when I was doing DOT that I realized like, I'd seen these things before. And then I suddenly put two and two together because someone said about, uh, you know, one scientist said about it being the dream world. And I realized, like, oh, shit, I've done some of this stuff before in my dreams. And then obviously I realized, like, well, there's no time in this realm. And that's when I realized, like, holy fuck, by that logic, the stuff I was experiencing in my dreams was my DMT trips from the future. Word. I could follow that logic. Yeah. Well, and that's just like, oh. Well, how'd you this get around like, that? Yeah, the, well, that's like the Dr. Seuss way of being, right? Where it's just like, look, you're going to have to deal with paradox and our. But, well, we tend that's to the thing because it, it is a, if, right. It's it's out of it is out of time. It's out of this world. And like, say, so how does it take me back to that same place? How does it know exactly where it was? Oh, because it's outside of this space time. It might be a different space time. It's outside of this space time. And I realized, like, how have I seen this stuff before? Because I've seen it in dreams. And well, because we like to think of you know cause becomes before effects, but logically there's no actual rule to that and it's a consistent principle but it doesn't mean it's absolute well that's the thing so how do i know that my trip so again i was guided to dmt because it was just always supposed to happen how could i have had those dreams if it wasn't if it hadn't and it's like that again that was another thing that solidified for me that something way greater than my simple comprehension of like oh i'm so smart the world's atheist and you know science that's when i realized like okay you know, it's just something different. I'm just a kid with a microphone shouting fucking babble saying I know. And that's the humility that I think the kingdom belongs to the people that are playing with that, but playing like in, a, in an awareness of play. Because what, what an adult is, is they're playing, they're, gr- they're grinding hard in the paint. They forgot it's play. They're taking the game too seriously. You know what I mean? It's like if you're playing soccer or football. Well, I guess like, in a way, in uh, a weird way, if we're all playing a part, and we've all gone in and we've forgotten we're playing a role, then it that's kind of, like you say, it's part of the game, isn't it? Like, we are yeah. all, we're all NPCs. Yeah, we're all NPCs until we wake up and remember that we opted to join the game. And at that point, you get, oh, okay, it's different. But there's a danger to that, because obviously someone could just be like, oh, it's a game, I'm just going to go run this person over, rob this shop, fuck it, who cares? And I think that is a big part of probably the selection process for if you're even allowed to trip in these realms. Like you say, these things are different because these, these worlds know, like if somebody like, for example, with me, I think the reason that I was scared that much was because what I'd witnessed was the point where it had to, I had to take a break to get my head together. Yeah. I mean, the universe, Einstein, I mean, I don't love Einstein to death about everything, but it's like, he's like, you have to ask yourself a fundamental question and it's both. So it's a paradox. It's both and not either or, but is the universe a kind, you know, intelligible place or is it just like out to get you? And it's, it's both, but, um, it's kind of God will give you enough. If you want to put a God on it, God will give you enough rope to hang yourself with, but it's all grace and love. Everything is grace and love. There's nothing outside of grace and love in a weird way. So even like Lucifer's fall, if you want to get like biblical metaphor or literal, it doesn't really matter. It's like, like there had to be a Judas, right? For that story to happen. Now, some people would be like, we don't want that. Like, you know, it's like, there can't be a bad guy. It's like the plot doesn't develop without fucking plot points. It just is yeah. what it is. Like we're in a story. It happens to be a very materialized um, and logical, cohesive kind of story. But ultimately, and that's one of the things I love about Jordan Peterson's old stuff, which is what I'm kind of geeking out on lately. Not some, I'm not against his new stuff, but I'm, I'm not all about identity politics, particularly. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like he's we're on the story. To his base a bit too much. So oh yes, yeah, so we're on the wave. I'm like, uh, he's not a shill, but he's definitely playing to the right, and I'm I'm about as neutral as it gets, I guess. Um, and his I voice mean, really annoys me as well. He's a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. Hell, bro, just say something without whining. Well, I want to see him like stoned <laughs> or like on acid or something. It's like, would you think these thoughts? Because a lot of these, uh, you know, intelligentsia kind of like movers and shakers. It depends. Either you're in the circus and you like you push it, like Timothy Leary, like he only does acid, or you're a straight dude who has an idea who hasn't maybe tested it against things like Dawkins, right? He's never tripped, right? Like Elon Musk yeah, kind of fucks yeah. around. So I'm like, I trust Elon. He's I, I, to the degree that I can. Uh, maybe he's like an AI fucking you know Baphomet or something. But the point is. Because he plays in the same games that I prefer, I'm willing to, you know, give him more credit, I guess, intellectually. Well, than to be not. fair, I, I don't trust any billionaire because I just like, I see it like this. If I was a billionaire, every time they gave me a microphone, I'd just be like, just remind everyone this is all bullshit. I shouldn't have this. <laughs> yeah, well, or you're more real. They, I get that. Well, no, but I think anyone that, that doesn't do that is... is you got to play with you know, the game they're full, to they're full that of level. Shit, though. Yeah, but I think they're full of shit because... If you're at a level where you could genuinely open your own country and go and make a difference, but all you do is like buy Twitter, I think like, oh, you should just suck a dick, you know? I'm not a huge Musk fan, right? I'm not like a Muskite. I will not say that. I think I, I think it's interesting. It's like if, if, if a tech billionaire is going to look like anything, I'd rather it look like that than Mr. Burns or something. But, um, well, he's just but a face, a weird... really. In my opinion, I think he's just, oh, a yeah, face. yeah. He's, he's like, not like running the Jeff, show. Jeff, Jeff Bezos, shit like that. They're just like the suit in front of yeah, the yeah, yeah. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. If you're really influential, you're not on the effing list. Yeah, Trust, right? well, like they, they. That you gotta is play the so game. That when, when people talk about billionaires, you think of them all shooting their rockets up and fucking laughing and just having fun on their yachts, and you don't think about them around the table actually going, "How are we gonna fuck the world?" Well, I was gonna say in his defense, um, social media seems to be like the Gutenberg printing press of our era, right? So it's like he's trying to. There's a great rage against the machine lyric where it's like, "Fuck the G rides, I want the machines making them." It's like you gotta have. Yeah, the well, means well, to be fair, I think the the thing that you stopped with Twitter though is that he said it's taking it from a public domain, which whilst right. it definitely, like in my opinion, whilst it definitely did have censorship, that censorship was. At least this is one bonus to capitalism. It was based on the what's acceptable. So if shit was fucking too right wing, advertisers would be like not dealing with that shit. So it wouldn't get put on. So conspiracies and stuff that were like negative. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Whereas now, whereas this guy, what he's done is he's claimed like, oh, it's, it's all fine. Now you can talk about what you want. But his main investors, Saudi Arabia. Now, I don't know about you, but, but yeah. well, I don't, I don't know about you, but Saudi Arabia's never been the highest on my human rights freedom of speech list, right? I hear you. And anyone that sits there going, I am so glad that Saudi Arabia took over Twitter to give us free speech back, he's a fucking moron, right? If, They're if, probably if, not thinking but, about it deeply enough necessarily. Well, yeah, yeah but do you really think that fucking, and if Musk was really free free speech, do you really think Saudi Arabia go, oh, you see, free speech advocate Elon Musk is buying, you know, Twitter, oh, we've got to get in on that because we we love our free speech around here, don't we? <laughs> Lift your burka. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> well, it's a, tool, it's a tool of power now, right? So, I mean, they're starting to be like, look, we might run out of oil. Well, Water is my, a thing. Internet my opinion, this, this might be a conspiracy on that. My opinion is that Twitter, whilst it is a very... I've seen it, it's got its negatives. Like obviously, you look at the way that it can influence elections. 
reports are basically like a third of the accounts are bots you know uh, most right. of the comments that you see underneath most officials like on both sides uh you know any uh top person is going to be any senator's got bots commenting on underneath their posts boosting them liking etc in that sense it's like oh that's really bad on the other hand you had this ability in countries like saudi arabia like iran to post videos of what was going on in the country. So if you have, you know, supposed uprisings or shit going on, or if there's countries apparently killing their people, you can get like on the ground resources from actual real people. Whereas if you control that funnel, like Saudi Arabia, you can come in and you can cut the narratives you don't want. You can cut those videos before they even hit yeah. mainstream. And, and that's the dangerous bit people don't talk about. I feel like the media focuses on Elon Musk's stupid tweets because that is the emphasis on all the danger he can do. Oh, all he can do is say stupid shit that might influence the narrative. And it doesn't make you think about the really sinister stuff, which is that there'll be silencing regimes. They'll be using this to actually quash much smaller countries, to quash their ability to communicate with each other freely. And, you know... Has its so everything lights and dark. Yeah, I don't even use Twitter. I, I guess. Oh, yeah, I fucking Twitter, hate but, it. But uh, Reddit still, is like the alternative it. where it's democratized, but then it's like owned populism. by China. Yeah. See, and I, who who originally owned it? I think it was Reddit. And this individual is not alive anymore. So uh, Aaron, Aaron oh. Swartz, I believe he was. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm yeah, yeah. Did, did, he, he, did he get himself, I think. No. Oh, did he get the Russia treatment? No. Did he throw himself out of a window? I'm not sure. I think you're right, Raphael, because this just shows my negligence. I, I, I'm peripherally aware of these things. I guess the bottom line is like... Or, or was it the China no treatment as freedom, he, he maybe. accidentally ah. drowned? No, so basically he was, it was interesting because I think he also released all kinds of university books publicly, like a huge package and something. And so I'm just saying because you say democratized. So I could well imagine that this guy was more honest in this approach and then it got bought up and now I'm pretty sure it's also pretty controlled. I mean, it can yeah, be yeah, fun to look it, at Flash conspiracy, but uh, it well, doesn't mean he, you'll get everything there, you know? Or he, Even yeah. the conspiracy stuff, this is, again, the dangerous side of social media is that you don't understand how much of it is already controlled by bots because when you look at your, your front page, Particularly if you're not somebody that's signed up to, you know, loads of just your groups, then you're advertised to by the algorithm. If you've got loads of your own groups, then obviously it'll try and pick from your own groups. But then you've still got that algorithm to deal with, which is go to UFO subreddit. What they'll do is they'll get a video purposely upvoted, which is easily debunkable so that that video will get shown to loads of people who watch it momentarily go oh my god it's a ufo then they click in the comments and go oh it's such a dumbass because that is what most people will see from the ufo subreddit and it'll turn into a meme that like these guys are constantly posting the most easily debunkable stuff they're morons and the real shit gets downvoted because they've got bots you know if you've got an army of ten thousand bots in the ufo subreddit and a post comes up uh, yeah upvote that one ten thousand upvotes yeah, we don't like that one. Ten thousand downvotes, 
and that and then you as a viewer comes in and you see comments all going oh this is bullshit this is easily that gerrymandering is, is what you're yeah what well, is yeah. it is you don't understand how much of the it what right so it is kind of like truman show vibes if you imagined it is a shop instead of a social media if you walked into the shop and you had all customers around buying stuff and you you know you're thinking you're in a shop and then at some point they all just stop and turn to you <laughs> and you realize holy fuck they all work here you know and you're just in this fake environment you're the only real fucking guy in there and you're like oh wait a minute you'd be like what the fuck if all... and that's essentially what you're in you're in a fake environment where only a few of you are really real and the rest are all robots kind of going like oh it just freaks me out don't don't think about it too deeply there's so many layers because at the end of the day it's like what are the dmt beings are we in their game is this all just a fucking model and we're like does it even matter <laughs> like you know if twitter's squashing fucking dissent does it matter if this isn't real it gets tricky um we have to act as though it's real i think that's the the um you know religions or whatever like participate well i think it's the fundamental kind of across the board whether it's buddhism which is an atheistic philosophy or christianity or hinduism or whatever they're like try not to be a dick and try to love yourself and others and try to figure it out um we actually might be at a place in human evolution where i mean terence mckenna i can't believe you don't know much about him but it's like we're we're on the cusp of like an uh, a paradigm shift obviously with ai like once we start having tools that are stronger than the user of the tool that can make its own tool like are we just going to become like i don't know cats to this next dominant hierarchy thing like cats are cool like at some you know cats were tigers at one point and then we domesticated them i always feel like ai is such um such a mainstream topic it's probably not that much of a big deal to worry about that's uh and it's probably a really childish way to view things but it's just so so on the point and i think well because i think we're probably ai so i think at this point it's kind of like us all running what do you mean by that like well because human brains um, are tech from the uh, no, no, is as, as, as in like I'm pretty. I'm, again, I might be wrong, but I think this is a simulation. And sure, I think, right? Yeah, and it, it's all by that logic. We're artificial intelligence, and we're worried about creating artificial intelligence. It's a bit like guys, have a look in the mirror. We are artificial intelligence. Like, oh, okay. Uh, it gets tricky because uh, Raphael, I'd like to hear your opinion on that because that might be the whole new one of the new age kind of angles of the war of spirituality, where it's like natural versus artificial city oh, life. Well, it and could like... be the fucking same. Like if you, I do, sorry to interrupt Raphael before you talk. Make sure you stay. Okay. But if you've ever played Assassin's Creed, yeah, they uh, the newer Black games, flag. In, okay, well, the, no. yeah, the newer <laughs> ones in particular, they go into like uh, Greece and uh, I think it's Egypt. But the whole concept behind it is that like. It was actually a simulation and that the gods and stuff are like these AI creations, like, and it's, and that's how they get away with it almost being real and not real is that it is this simulation. And I think that kind of just really does fit with what I've seen on trips. Like the way stuff seems to work is that it is a simulation. And that's just the, the view that I've got this feeling of. Like DMT is our regulator for reality. If you give it too much, you feel too much. If you take it away, you don't feel enough. You don't experience enough. And I feel like there could be this aspect to that, which is that we are just this AI program. So what you're kind of saying is like, it's one symbol, the yin and the yang. Who the fuck cares? In a sense, well, kind of, essentially, I think. I yeah. mean, I don't. I don't know whether we are, you know, simulated for a purpose or whether it is genuinely just like uh, a natural simulation. Because I mean, well, what would be the difference between a natural simulation and a simulation? 
because if it's an accurate simulation, surely Some semantics, but not much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but exactly. Like, I mean, what what is the real world? But even before I'd woken up, I I did used to like simulation theory just because I couldn't argue with the maths because it was just so simple. It was if one civilization in the universe gets the ability to simulate the universe then by that very logic for that simulation to be accurate then somebody inside that universe has to simulate a universe because that's what happened in ours it's got to be accurate it's got to happen so given that like exponential increase you've got an infinity to one chance that you'd be in the one original universe that started all the simulations off and you know infinity to one would indicate that we were in a simulation and that was before i was even into this stuff i was like well fuck can't argue with that (laughs) It seems pl- yeah, plausible. Raphael, what, are, what is your take on this? Because it seems like that's the hard line, at least in behaviorism or whatever, where people are like, I want to be organic and vegan and live on a farm. Or people are like, sign me up for fucking AI mental chips or whatever, brain <laughs> chips. <laughs> so the ultimate perspective, and this is something that many, even the distorted religions point to and many spiritual experiences, is again the idea of unity. So if ultimately it is all one consciousness, then it is all simulating within itself. It is playing with itself and it's creating all kinds of layers. It's like a computer with infinite capacity. So then you will have every, if I were a a unity with infinite capacity and limitless, I would simulate everything that is imaginable to anything at all. Anglerfish. So, um, and in terms of the artificial intelligence, I actually agree with you, Luke, and I don't talk about it often these days because I'm not right now actively doing it, but I've been conscious channeling for some time, if you know about channeling, Luke. And um, so without getting too deep into it, there's like a 20-minute channeling. One of the few I left on this channel, Act Like You Know 26 on YouTube, and that's basically sums up, you know, all the things that I consider about it. Number one, I don't consider any of the public forms we have to be anyhow actually sentient. They're just very advanced mimicry machines like ChatGPT and so on. Maybe they can become more interested if they're freed, but they're still not sentient or anything. Then there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, It's a lot different than it is portrayed and it's also certainly a huge cash grab and all of that. And from a certain point of view, it certainly is true, or it could be seen in a way that we are artificial intelligence. Because if it's all one unity construct, then it is creating artificial constructs within itself just to have more experiences. And from that point of view, also our personality construct and the way we experience this is an artificially constructed type of intelligence in terms of it is an art, it is an aesthetic. It is, yeah, it is God's creation, one could say. Um, so yeah, I think we're it's a pretty much on the of same imagining. Page. Yeah. And but it gets tricky because there's consequences. Like we've said before, if you're just gonna hit people and say they're all NPCs, I mean that kind of attitude doesn't bode well for the collective. Uh but that's we're we're learning, it seems. We're learning. And hopefully what we do is it I hope, I guess, is not only find the people that we agree with culturally, um, intellectually, you know, physically, whatever, um, and create kind of tribes, but we allow others it doesn't have to be antithetical like a lot of things i think that's what maybe all the religious wars and stuff have it's like people like this is my program and your program doesn't compute so one of us has to win here right and it's like maybe we can start entering with a post-internet reality where it's like you don't have to play um that game assassin's creed right you don't have to be a gamer on that game but it exists and just acknowledge that and you can go play chips challenge if you want or whatever so um we might want to start winding down just because it's been a hot minute. Um, but 
I think I want to get you back on here at some point uh, to just geek out on specifics. I'll watch more of your videos and kind of be like, all right, what do you think about this? Because little things, I'm, I'm not a skeptic. Uh-huh. I'm not jaded. So I'm not like, fuck this guy. I was kind of just like, all right, like, should how much of our reality should be interpreted based off of uh, artistic renditions? I mean, they didn't have the technology, quote unquote, to make photographs. So we can only do so much. I get that. Um it wasn't really even like contentions with what you're doing. I think you're actually exploring things well. So props. Like it didn't feel like I was just like, you know, it, new age can be weird. You know, modern people can be weird where it's just like, oh, huff the DMT fumes and trust Gaia. Or, <laughs> and that's not wrong, right, in a way. But it's like I want something a little more concretized and digestible. Like I want to chew on this and understand. And so far your videos have both humor and data. I guess is where it hits right for me. So it's like you're funny. Well, I, mean, I, I, I have tried to cut bullshit. down the swearing because no, people, don't do that shit. I love complained. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like it as well. People complain about it. Like who? It sounds like, well, like I know that is like your God. Haters Why? gonna hate. They yeah, trust well. me. Well, it just it hurts my feelings. But an old woman's like, you shouldn't swear. It ruins the video. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do it next time. Oh, there's nothing like uh, the responsibility to our elders i guess um so uh here i guess is the place you can plug your channel we've been putting it up there ancient historia on youtube patreon you got some stuff um anything like that you want to say and maybe a final sentiment uh just thanks for having me really yeah Yeah, dude you're gang gang you're cool so uh, if i'm in england we're gonna hang out uh it's funny because something that i uh haven't been doing much of but i did last time and i'm gonna keep doing it um, I have these dumb teas that I drink. They're yogi teas and they have little quotes on them. They're really good tea. It says, find your unity in your service to all. So I think that's a little heady, but guys, as long as we're playing, like we all want to play the game. We don't want to be the kid left out of the game crying that there's a lesson there. We don't want to be the guy who kicks everybody's ass to be the alpha monkey, though there's a lesson there. Um, there's all lessons, but we gotta, we gotta play nice. Uh, and I get, we define nice differently, maybe culturally and historically, but we are at the apex of a certain, we have so much privilege. We should be so grateful and we can really kind of play well. Um, we got to deal with some stuff like, you know, some baggage from uh, history, I guess, you know, sexism, racism, all this kind of stuff, but we're moving forward. Hopefully. Well, Luke, you're dope. Raphael, any parting thoughts? Thanks for coming on. Hope you'll be coming back. Thanks for making great content. You know, that reaches again, a different kind of people and so on. And I just think, you know, the way you do it in terms of humor, your own style and uh, some data, but mostly humor. And of course, you know, the insight from another completely different perspective that many people only remember as a child. You know, this is the childlike curiosity and joy, which I am 100% certain, if nothing else, will bring us as close, you know, to the truth and to unity and love as we could possibly be. So. Thank you. Keep being real, Luke. Never fucking screw the old lady's comments. Although, you know, polishing the stone is nice too. So, but you're, you're real. You're legit. Your team rabbit hole is fucked. So thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you very much. I'll catch you guys later.